0: Envision this. You're seeing a 67-year-old male presenting with acute symptoms of fever and cough. You order a chest x-ray to rule out pneumonia. The results are negative. As you review the chest x-ray with your patient on the computer screen in your office, he points out a bright white square object on the right side of the film and asks you, what is that thing? That's your pacemaker, you reply. No, that can't be right, doc. My pacemaker is over here, he says, pointing to the left upper chest wall. See? My pacemaker is on the left. That thing is on the right. So what's on my chest x-ray, and why is it so bright? Addressing his concerns, how would you explain the findings on the chest x-ray to your patient? Welcome to Audio Bricks. This is Ed Barnes breaking down chest x-ray in your ears. After completing this brick, you will be able to 1. Describe chest radiography and what it is used for. 2. Describe how to obtain a posterior anterior or PA, anterior posterior AP, and lateral chest X-ray and what they are used for. 3. Explain how to assess the quality of a chest X-ray. And 4. Identify the normal anatomy seen on a chest X-ray using the airway, bones, and breast shadows, cardiac, and mediastinum. Diaphragm and upper abdomen equipment and fields of the lungs. A, B, C, D, E, F. Approach. Part 1. What is a chest X-ray? The chest X-ray is essential in most pulmonary diagnoses, as well as in cardiac and other conditions. It employs radiology, a common diagnostic imaging technique that uses radiation to visualize internal body structures. The radiograph itself is a projection or image of a human body that is obtained when X-rays are absorbed by the body's tissues. Certain tissues absorb more radiation than others as the x-rays pass through the body and are collected on a plate behind the patient. The varying x-ray absorbance of different tissues, for example, bone, muscle, air spaces, can be used to distinguish them. In pulmonary medicine, radiographic imaging modalities range from conventional chest X-rays, also known as CXR, or more formally called chest radiographs, to CT scan, to PET CT scan. The latter two are less common than basic chest X-rays and are usually ordered to evaluate specific pulmonary conditions or if the diagnosis remains uncertain after the chest X-rays. Here we'll discuss how to perform and interpret a conventional chest X-ray. Let's discuss x-ray densities. Different tissues and parts of the body are visualized in a radiograph because they have different densities and absorb x-rays in different amounts. Structures that absorb radiation are referred to as radio-opaque and show up as white on radiographic images. Structures or openings that x-rays pass through are called radiolucent and appear black. And structures that are partially absorbed, radiation will appear on a spectrum between the two, or shades of gray. The five X-ray densities are named in order of increasing radio opacity, meaning black to white. Air, fat, water, meaning organ or soft tissue, calcium, meaning bone, and metal. How do we characterize each of these densities? Let's describe them from most lucent, meaning air, to most opaque, meaning metal. First, there's air density. The lung parenchyma is full of air. So is radiolucent and will typically appear black on the x-ray. Next, fat density. Fatty tissue, for example, subcutaneous and abdominal fat, absorbs more radiation than air, but is still minimal. So, it's mostly radiolucent, but not totally black. Next, water density. Solid organs like the heart and soft tissues, like the diaphragm and muscles, have lots of water, so absorb x-rays at a medium level. Next, there's calcium density. Calcium absorbs x-rays well, so it's very radioopaque or white. And finally, metal density. Metal, for example, wires, catheters, totally absorbs radiation since the x-rays don't pass through it at all. It is visible as entirely radio-opaque or white on the radiograph. These differences also apply to pathologic tissues. For example, a calcified lung nodule will appear white and water density within the lung may suggest the presence of abnormal fluid there. For example, as seen in pleural effusions or pulmonary edema in congestive heart failure. Let's stop for a quiz. Which would be more radiolucent? Fluid in the lung or a calcified pulmonary nodule. Fluid in the lung has water density, so it would be more radiolucent than a calcified nodule. Let's move on to discuss the use of chest x ray. A chest x ray is an x ray of the lung and thorax, but also includes portions of the neck, upper abdomen, and upper extremities. It is often ordered very early when a condition related to the lungs or heart is suspected. Specific uses include, 1. Evaluation of diseases of the lower respiratory system, the lungs, including airways and pleural airspace. 2. Rough assessment of pathology of the heart, upper airways, great vessels of the thorax and bones, as well as traumatic injuries of the thorax, including rib fractures. Or 3. Confirmation of the positioning of implanted medical devices that traverse the thorax, including endotracheal and gastric tubes, IV catheters terminating in the superior vena cava, pacemakers or internal defibrillators, and chest tubes. Part 2. How do we obtain a chest x-ray? Most chest X-rays are taken during deep inspiration, which expands the lungs and increases the detail seen. Expiratory films are only used for special purposes, like when there's a suspicion of a small pneumothorax, inhaled foreign bodies, or gas trapping in chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, also known as COPD. How about chest X-ray positions? Chest X-rays can be taken from different patient positions, depending on the clinical setting. The terminology used to describe the views refers to the path of the central ray as it travels through the patient's body. The most commonly ordered projections are erect, or PA, AP, and lateral projections. In a posterior anterior PA projection, the central ray would pass from the posterior to anterior, while in an anteroposterior posterior, or AP, projection, it would pass from anterior to posterior. In a lateral view, the central ray passes from one side of the body to the other. Let's look in more detail at each of these positions. Posteroanterior anterior projection. For an erect PA projection, the patient stands upright with their chest facing a flat surface, behind which is an x-ray detector. The patient is then asked to take a deep breath. An upright PA radiograph is preferred for most purposes because it yields the best detail. The upright posture allows the patient to take a larger inspiration, which expands the lungs. Anterior-posterior projection. Some patients cannot stand up for the erect PA radiograph and instead receive an AP projection. For the AP projection, the patient either sits upright in bed, upright AP, or lies face up on a flat surface, supine AP. It is less preferred than the PA projection because the x-ray source is closer to the patient and so yields less detail. In addition, objects farther away from the x-ray photoreceptor and next to the x-ray film are more magnified. So compared to the PA projection, the AP magnifies anterior structures and pulmonary vasculature, sometimes making it seem like there is pulmonary edema or fluid when none is actually present. A lateral projection. Another common projection is the lateral projection in which the patient is standing with both arms raised and the left side of the chest pressed against the flat surface. When combined with the PA view, this View offers three dimensional representation of the structures of the chest and is useful for localization of diseases within the lungs and at the posterior of the heart silhouette. Let's stop for another quiz. Why is the anterior posterior or AP projection less preferred than the posterior anterior or PA? The AP shows less detail and over-magnifies pulmonary vasculature and anterior structures, so it is less preferred than PA. There are also some less common projections. These less common views are used for special purposes. They include decubitus. This x-ray is obtained while the patient is lying down on their side because fluid, if present, flows downward. This view is used in conjunction with the PA to detect pathologic fluid in the lung and pleural space, such as pleural effusions and fluid within the lung abscesses. Also, because the patient's position is different on the PA and decubitus films, the air-fluid interface will shift when the films are compared. And then there's oblique. In this x-ray, the patient is erect or supine with their right or left posterior side closest to the image receptor. The patient's arm closest to the receptor is placed on the head and the other on their hip. This is used when close visualization of the ribs and sternum is needed. Part 3. How do we ensure the quality of a chest x-ray? Before starting to make a diagnosis, you need to ensure that chest x-rays have good quality. To do this, it is recommended to follow these steps. 1. Check patient identity. 2. Display x-rays correctly. 3. Correctly orient yourself left to right. and 4. Assess radiograph quality. Checking patient identity. Make sure that you have the right radiograph for the correct patient by checking the identity details. Checking if the x-ray is displayed correctly. Most radiographs today are now viewed on computer monitors, so arranging the films on a viewer is not done as much anymore. But if you look at actual films, note that they are traditionally hung so that the old or historical films are shown to the left of the current radiographs and current PA films are to the left of the current lateral films or other views. Looking at old films is a good practice, since they can determine if an abnormal finding is acute or chronic and can follow size and consistency changes of the abnormal findings. Next, correctly orient yourself left to right. It's critical to distinguish left from right on a chest x-ray or any radiograph, At first glance, this looks reversed, but just imagine that the patient is front-facing. It's the opposite of what you would see looking at yourself in a mirror. The technologist will mark the radiograph with the letter L for the left side or R for the right side. You should always double-check left and right orientation using your anatomic knowledge Normally, the heart and the aorta lie on the left. Additionally, the right hemidiaphragm is usually superior to the left. And under the left hemidiaphragm, we see a round, lucent area, which is the gastric bubble. And finally, how do we assess the radiograph quality? Assessing quality includes checking that all required anatomic structures are contained in the film, that the patient was positioned correctly, that there are no obstructing items, and that the penetrance of the x-ray is acceptable. Ask yourself the following questions. First, are all key structures in the frame? You should see the entire rib cage, both costophrenic angles in its entirety, both clavicles in entirety, and the gastric bubble below the diaphragm. Next, was the patient positioned correctly? If the patient is mistakenly rotated away from the plane parallel to the plate, the density or shape of items in the x-ray can be distorted. To ensure correct rotation, look for the left-right symmetry of the ribs and scapulae. The trachea should appear midline over the sternum. Next, was the patient wearing any clothes or metal accessories that can affect the quality of the radiograph? None should be visible on the x-ray. And finally, is the radiograph adequately penetrated? Penetrance is the degree to which the x-rays have passed through the body, and it affects how white or black things appear. Penetrance is rarely a problem with modern digital viewing systems, but you should check it in all your images. How? The best way to check for overpenetration in PA and AP images is to ensure that the vertebrae are visible behind the heart. If not, the film may be overpenetrated. An overpenetrated film can appear as white, radioopaque lungs that can fool you into thinking there is a pathologic infiltration there. Conversely, an underpenetrated film can hide an infiltrate and cause you to miss a diagnosis. Let's pause for a quiz. Why is an overpenetrated film a problem in x-ray diagnosis? An over-penetrated film is a problem in x-ray diagnosis because it's too white and can suggest the presence of infiltrates or fluid when none is actually present. Part 4. What is the normal anatomy seen on a chest x-ray? Now we will discuss the normal anatomy seen on the chest x-ray and review a systematic approach to looking at it. Let's begin by going through an erect PA chest x-ray with key anatomical features. If you remember the five densities and how they are projected in an x-ray, it will be easy to identify the different structures. Some key features you should identify are, first, are the right and left lungs radiolucent. Next. The heart and the aorta lie mostly on the left. Next, in the center of the chest x-ray, you will observe the trachea, the carina, the hilum of the lungs, and the main bronchi. Next, you will observe the diaphragm as radio-opaque and the right hemidiaphragm is usually slightly superior to the left. Next, you may observe the gastric air bubbles seen under the left hemidiaphragm. And finally... You will visualize bones to include the clavicle, the humeral head, the scapula, and the ribs. Now, let's transition to discuss a systematic approach to reading a chest x-ray. A common and easy-to-remember approach to systematically analyze a PA chest x-ray is the ABCDEF approach. A for airway. Check the trachea in the upper mediastinum. Because the trachea is air-filled, its center will appear dark. It should be midline, so that spinous processes of the upper thoracic spine are visible through the tracheal air. There may be slight rightward deviation as the trachea crosses the aortic arch, but a significant shift away from midline could indicate abnormal pressure in the thoracic cavity. For example, a pneumothorax will push the trachea away due to the high pressure. B, for bones and breast shadows. Observe the locations of the breast and scapula, and these can be confused with pulmonary infiltrates in regions where they overlap the lung fields. Examine the skeleton, for example, ribs, clavicle, shoulders, cervical and thoracic spines, for fractures, lesions, or metastases. In females, ensure that both breast shadows are present. C, for cardiac and mediastinum. Evaluate the position and size of the heart. Approximately two-thirds of the heart's transverse diameter is positioned on the left of the mediastinum and one-third is on the right. Estimate the cardiac size using the cardiothoracic ratio, which is the ratio of the maximal horizontal cardiac diameter to maximal horizontal thoracic diameter. The normal ratio is 0.42 to 0.5. A larger number suggests an enlarged heart or the presence of pericardial fluid that enlarges the cardiac silhouette. Note that this cardiothoracic ratio only applies to PA views, not AP. This is because there is magnification of the heart on AP views, so you can't assess the ratio from this position. In addition, there should be a clearly observable contour of the right atrium and left ventricle. An obscure heart border can indicate the presence of a pleurofusion or pulmonary consolidations, also known as silhouette sign. Also, evaluate the shape and position of the aortic arch, the inferior vena cava, and the hilar regions. D for diaphragm and upper abdomen. Examine the position and shape of the diaphragm. The right hemidiaphragm is usually slightly superior to the left, although the left diaphragm may be up to one-half rib space above the right and still be considered normal. Examine the costophrenic angles. These angles should be sharp and not blunted. Blunting may indicate the presence of pleural fluid or effusion. Abnormally deep costophrenic angles may present when there is air trapped in the pleural cavity surrounding the lung parenchyma, for example, in pneumothorax. Under the left hemidiaphragm, you will observe the normal gastric bubble. You may also see colonic gas beneath the left diaphragm, but there should not be extra luminal air or air outside the gut cavity beneath the diaphragms. If you see this, it may indicate pneumoperitoneum, a sign of gut rupture. E for equipment. Check for pacemakers, defibrillators, or catheters. They will be most radio-opaque. And F for fields of the lungs. Compare both lungs in all fields. Look at the upper, middle, and lower zone of each lung. We leave this until last since it is tempting to jump right to the lungs when you first look at the chest X-ray. Do A through E first, so you stay systematic. Now, bringing it all together, the anatomic approach to evaluating a chest X-ray is ABCDEF airway, bones and breast shadows, cardiac and mediastinum, diaphragm and upper abdomen, equipment, and fields of the lungs. Now, let's stop for a quick quiz. What is the cardiothoracic ratio and its normal range? The cardiothoracic ratio is the ratio of the maximal horizontal cardiac diameter to the maximal horizontal thoracic diameter, and its normal range is approximately 0.42 to 0.5 on a postero anterior view. So, how do we evaluate the lateral chest X-ray? In a lateral view, we can recognize some anatomical features that are not visible on a PA view, such as the thoracic vertebrae, the inferior vena cava, or IVC, and the posterocostrophrenic sulci. You can also better evaluate the cardiac size in its anterior-posterior axis and evaluate the posterior contour of the left atrium, looking for atrial enlargement. And that brings us to the end of our discussion on chest X-rays. Now, let's recap to see if we've completed our goals. First, are you able to describe what chest X-rays are mostly used for? Chest x-rays are essential in most pulmonary diagnoses, as well as in cardiac and other conditions. Evaluations of diseases of the lower respiratory system, like the lungs, including the airways in pleural space. Also, to get a rough estimate of pathology of the heart, upper airways, great vessels of the thorax and bones, as well as traumatic injuries of the thorax, including rib fractures and also used to confirm the positioning of implanted medical devices that traverse the thorax, including endotracheal and gastric tubes, IV catheters terminating the superior vena cava, pacemakers or internal defibrillators, and chest tubes. Next, are you able to describe how to obtain a posterior anterior or PA chest x-ray? For an erect PA projection, the patient stands upright with their chest facing the flat surface, behind which is an x-ray detector. The patient is then asked to take a deep breath. Next, can you describe the approach to assessing the quality of a chest x-ray? First, are all key structures in the frame? Next, was the patient positioned correctly? Next, was the patient wearing any clothes or metal accessories that can affect the quality of the radiograph? And finally, is the radiograph adequately penetrated? And finally, are you able to list the components of the ABCDEF anatomic approach to reading a chest X-ray? The anatomic approach to evaluating a chest X-ray is... A, B, C, D, E, F A for airway B for bones and breast shadows C for cardiac and metastinum D for diaphragm and upper abdomen E for equipment and F for fields of the lungs And that's it Armed with your newfound knowledge on chest x-rays let's get back to the patient from the beginning of this episode You're seeing a 67 year old male Presenting with acute symptoms of fever and cough, you observe the patient has a pacemaker on his chest x-ray. Your patient is concerned because his pacemaker is on the left side of his chest, but it appears on the right side on the chest x-ray images. He asks, so what's on my x-ray and why is it so bright? Addressing his concerns, how would you explain the findings on the chest x-ray to your patient? Good questions. Let's take them one at a time, you respond. We read a chest x-ray as if you and I are standing face-to-face, you begin. Things that appear on the right side of the film are actually on the left side of your body and vice versa. You continue. So you are correct, your pacemaker's on your left, but it appears to be the reverse on the chest x-ray. Well, that makes sense, I guess, your patient says but it's also a little confusing. I guess it was a little confusing at the beginning for, for me too. But not after you've read lots of x-rays, you reply. And now, onto your second question. Your pacemaker seems bright because it's made of metal and the x-rays don't pass through it. As a result, it appears white or radio opaque on the film. So, the radiologist will say something like this when she dictates the results. The metal object in the patient's left upper chest wall is his pacemaker. Your patient says, I get it now. Now what can I take to relieve my cough? And that's it for our show. Make sure you like and subscribe if you like what you hear. And remember, your feedback helps us improve. You can enjoy the full brick experience online at wwwusmle rxcom complete with illustrations, questions, flashcards, and active learning. So go check that out if you haven't already. Until next time.